spending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Chris Burris, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Anthony, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I think uh, kind of, you know, our pre-interview conversation, we're going we're gonna to have a good time. We're going to cover some good stuff. We're going to have a real good time. Um, before we kind of get into C- C60 or, or, or as you uh, differentiated ESS60, maybe you could give our audience a little bit of your backstory and how you got into this. Yeah. So uh, I think if you would ask me in high school or even in college, even even coming well out of college, uh, if I was going to be in the supplement market, my answer would have been no. It might have even been hell no. <laughs> um, and I can talk to that. I'll talk that a little bit about kind of uh, as we proceed through this. But you, were, you um, weren't you weren't uh, slanging optimum nutrition whey protein and creatine in college in the weight room. <laughs> I, I was not. I spent um, most of most of my extra cash at bodybuilding.com in college. <laughs> is is that what you did? Yeah. Well, I was I was big into supplements pretty much from, I mean, high school on. <laughs> I, you know, even I remember when I really, really started, hey, let me start, you know, kind of messing around with this. I was working out kind of, I mean, I always worked out, but I was working out kind of more for bulk, for aesthetics. Yeah. I was like, let me dig into this whey protein. I have a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends, super smart guy. And he was kind of educating me on whey proteins. And we got there and, and, and really, I was still kind of lost. Without his guidance, I would have, you know, just go in there and randomly select it or whatever the sales guy selects it. And that might even be commission driven. Like, you know, it really is, it really feels, uh, it can feel overwhelming when you start thinking about supplements and what you should do with supplements. And, and I've been listening to a couple of podcasts recently where they're talking about, listen, before you even think about supplements, like make sure you're getting proper sleep, right? Make sure you got good nutrition. You shouldn't even be going down that path of supplementation. It doesn't repair the ills of drinking too much. Like it's, it's, it's something that you do to enhance when you're kind of closer to the top. A hundred percent. And I certainly subscribe to that. A hundred percent. And we're coming right back to your intro. I didn't mean to to cut you off and send us on a tangent there, but I, I agree. And, and, and seeing more and more research that like, especially if your gut is messed up, and, and, and you, you know, you've got like an upper fermenting gut and, and that sort of thing or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and you're throwing a whole bunch of supplements in there. You're you're likely just feeding the, the, the pathogenic inflammatory bacteria in your gut rather than actually doing a lot of good for yourself. It, it, it very much is like strip things down to the essentials and then see what supplements make sense. Yeah, I, I I agree with that for sure. So so I wasn't you know thinking I was going to be a supplement. I might have said hell no. Uh, I started manufacturing a molecule while I was still in college, uh, and it's it's this molecule right, carbon sixty, discovered in 1985. The scientist who discovered it won the Nobel Prize for the discovery. By the way, I'm I'm holding up a molecule. If you're just listening, just imagine a soccer ball where the lines on the soccer ball represent the bonds between the carbon atoms. So you have a spherical molecule of 60 carbon atoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the molecule was discovered in 85, and the three scientists who discovered it and published the paper in, in Nature magazine won the Nobel Prize in 1996. So a short 
11 years from discovery to being awarded uh, uh, the Nobel Prize for that molecule. Molecule's amazing, right? And and again, I'll, I'll remind you, we are talking about supplements uh, ultimately, and it didn't start off that way. What, what it initially was is it performs as well or better than the current best material in almost every application. So it makes better inks, better tires, better batteries, better photocells. And this is often where people get nervous. It's like, I thought we were talking about supplements and you're talking about ink, battery tires, and photocells. These <laughs> I don't want to put those in my body. <laughs> <laughs> how, does, how does that work together? Um, and I, I'll tell you, our initial response at, at one point in our journey was, well, no, the, the, don't, don't do that. But we'll, we'll, I don't want to skip ahead. So uh, an amazing material. Uh, we were selling to research institutions around the world. So started our company in 1991. Um, and they actually thought the molecule would be toxic. So this story just got even worse, right? So uh, <laughs> they put it in a toxicity study. And, and in the study, they gave rats, in this case, it was Wistar rats, uh, water, another group of them, olive oil, and then a third group of them, olive oil with ESS-60 in it. And, and we make this demarcation of C60 versus ESS-60, where C60 is for industrial applications. And there's peer-reviewed published research that proves if you process it improperly, it's harmful. ESS-60 is C60 that's been processed for safer human consumption. So in that study, they gave rats water uh, and then another group, olive oil, and then olive oil with ESS-60. Again, it was supposed to be a toxicity study. And instead of being toxic, the test subjects, really given the My Vital C formula, lived 90% longer than the control group. So that's the single longest longevity experimental result on mammals ever, right? Like, like Jake, this blows the next best way to live longer is calorie restriction. Uh, and this is, it has a lot more documentation, but not as good a result, which is if you reduce your calorie consumption by 30%, mm -hmm. I call that the starve yourself one third to death diet. <laughs> no one seems to sign up for that. But if, if you do reduce your calories by 30%, you can extend your life by 30%. And that's very well documented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the the people that are like full on committed to calorie restriction start looking a little like Skeletor. But yeah, the science is is especially in, in just about every animal and insect pretty compelling. Yes. Um, yeah. So C60 versus there's there's a lot to unpack here. C60 versus ESS60. You said there's additional processing that takes place. What is that? So, so it, let's roll back. This is kind of kind of fascinating. So, first, this molecule, right? This soccer ball shaped molecule mm -hmm. is naturally occurring, right? Yeah. That's often a concern. Hey, is it is it natural? And where? Uh, if you collect the soot of a candle, right? Mm -hmm. And usually, you do that just by holding a cold plate over the candle flame, and you'll get this black soot on it. Mm -hmm. That black soot has parts per million, parts per billion of this molecule. Okay. So it is a naturally occurring molecule. Now, parts per million, parts per billion, not a high enough quantity to kind of throw in any sort of study. Certainly not, you don't have to worry about toxicity. The reason they did the toxicity study is because it performs so well in so many industrial applications, they just figured man would be working with it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. and, and if he is, then you gotta understand that toxicity. So uh, yes, you can collect it, it's natural. There are you know, subsequent studies have found it in space in abundance, right? So it is very much a naturally occurring molecule. But in order to manufacture larger quantities of it, you, you use a reactor. And my business partner, I built 
it's, you know, as, as we've toured the world uh, in subsequent years, it's the most efficient fullerene manufacturing equipment that there is. And the way you do it is you actually take two graphite rods and you vaporize those graphite rods. It turns out that graphite is one of the hardest materials on the planet to vaporize. So you need local temperatures of the sun to, 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 to actually vaporize the graphite. So we've got a chamber, a reactor, it's pushing these rods in together. Uh, there's an arc there that's vaporizing the graphite. If we've got welders goggles actually as the uh, covering the sight glass that looks at the reaction so we can keep it going evenly. Um, if you don't use that, you'll burn out your retina. If you let that light shine on your skin, you'll get a sunburn. It is local temperatures of the sun. Now, what that produces is a soot. That soot has only on a good day about 10% fullerenes in it. And fullerenes are this most abundant molecule, right? This, we call it ESS60. Um, and it's also got a, a, a whole bunch of cousins, like carbon 70 is, is one of the cousins, carbon 76, carbon 84. So this whole collection, this whole gamut of fullerenes are produced in that soot, but only at a 10% rate. So 90% is garbage, 10% is these kind of fullerenes. In order to separate those fullerenes, you use solvents. So when you use solvents, these are solvents that you really don't want to consume. They're toxic, they're known carcinogens, and they're the best way to separate this material. The key difference between really C60, and there's a couple, but C60 and ESS60. Wait, can, can you say that is, last part again? Okay, about the toxic solvents? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the story keeps getting worse, right? Like, not only did we think it was toxic, it's great in tires and batteries and photocells. You use toxic chemicals to actually uh, to actually separate it. The reality is in... in, in um, in any sort of kind of uh, purification process, there's often used toxic chemicals. So in, in the industry, supplement industry or otherwise, working with these and mitigating the, the challenges that they could potentially cause is actually fairly straightforward. You, you, people know how to do that. Certainly, certainly we know how to do it. Um, in order to separate, right, when you make that initial soot, you've got 99%, we call it amorphous carbon, we just call it carbon crap, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got this 10% fullerenes. In order to separate those two, you, you actually use a solvent, you can use a toluene, uh, there's a number of sol solvents that you can use. Um, and, and, and basically that separation process works like, imagine if you had sand and sugar together, you would put that in water, the sugar would dissolve in water, then you would filter it, the sugar would go through in solution, and, and the filter would hold the sand, which has not dissolved, on top. And then you would boil off the water, and now you've got your sugar purified from your sand, right? Mm -hmm. So we're doing basically the same thing, except we've got to use uh, a polar solvent that's actually toxic. The, and, and a carcinogen. Yes. Okay. And so in a, in a, in a situation where um, where you're defining the difference between C60 and ESS60, it's how do you get rid of that solvent? How well do you get rid of that solvent? So that's where C60, improperly processed or not processed, is for industrial applications. ESS60 is C60 that's been processed for safer human consumption. Uh, and it is an, an oven baking process. Really, you're taking it down to a pretty low vacuum. You're taking it to a pretty high temperature uh, so that you can bake off those solvents. And then we've got a proprietary washing process that we use uh, to get rid of the, the rest of those solvents. And do you guys so test that, afterwards for of, those of, solvents? Of, 
Of course we do. There's actually so you, so kind of before we started uh, this this broadcast, you were talking about there's a lot of people in the C60 space, and that's true. And there's you some can go people on in Amazon, the and there's like you know people are selling it in, in plastic olive oil bottles. It, it it seems like it was like bathtub gin. That's a good description, bathtub gin. And I think people, you know, had challenges with bathtub gin. Um, <laughs> we've actually tested twenty. Uh, 22 of the brands that are on the market and found them to be significantly lower than what was on their label in terms of concentration. Yeah. The, the reality is we're the only lab that's in this space. A lot of people are getting in the space. They're like, oh, I can just b purchase some carbon 60 industrial. I can stick it in olive oil and sell it. And, and you can do that, right? We actually stopped selling. So, so we've been, we're the largest manufacturer and distributor of C60 and certainly of ESS60 on the planet. So we've been uh, selling it to, to research institutions first. And then we noticed that our sales kind of shifted into the supplement space. We had one kind of large purchaser of our product and we realized that they were taking a lower grade product, an industrial grade product, and they were using it uh, to put in oil and sell and so we let them know that we could no longer sell them that product, right? You're either going to buy a product that's processed for safer human consumption, or we're not going to sell it to you all, uh, to, to them at all. And so, yeah, I mean, it cost, that, that was a loss of revenue, but it was the right thing we do. We, we, uh, we, we thought it was the right thing to do. Now, well, this, is, I, this is extremely concerning for how many people have just gone, you know, seen some of these studies about c60 because they'll call yep. it c60 in the studies yep and and then they'll go on amazon and purchase some of these products that you're saying take this industrial, industrial grade industrial grade product mix it with olive oil and then sell it to people and and you have no idea if there are remnants of this known carcinogenic solvent or what type of what what type of standards of 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 purity and potency have even been um, maintained? Yeah, you know, I, I I can tell you that company is still in business and does not buy from us. So they they just decided that profit was more important than you know just a, a high quality product that's been properly processed. I'm and, like and I'm I, like throwing like out half my supplements after this. Say that again. I'm just going to start. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting less and less enthused about the supplement industry in general. It's just, <laughs> there's so yeah. much bullshit. Yeah. It, well, so, so I'm trying to think what story. First, let's talk about Amazon for a little bit, right? Yeah. If you're on Amazon looking for supplements, be, do your homework first, mm -hmm. right? Because here's the reality. What does a four-star rating on Amazon mean? And if you or five star, is it five on it? I think it's five star. Um, five what does it actually mean? Get. And I give this example. Like if you have a five star rating on vitamin C, here's what we can be pretty confident of. They didn't take each tablet. Let's say it was one gram, right? And 90 tablets. They didn't take each tablet and put it on a scientific scale and make sure it was one gram, right? They certainly didn't crush it up, stick it in HPLC and make sure it was ascorbic acid, mm -hmm. right? They probably didn't even count the tablets. So mm -hmm. it said 90. It wasn't an empty bottle. So I'm fit. like, what does a five star rating on Amazon mean about a supplement? And then you can and even I go kind of deeper. Joke, yeah. I, I kind of joke like they, it means they they didn't die and Amazon harassed them enough that 
that, that they put a four star, four or five star rating on there. So well, it's also so, clear that a lot of these reviews are, are bogus and, yeah. and there's, there's ways to get a ton of reviews for these products that just have like a, 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 a digitally generated picture of the bottle and it's obviously coming from China and, you know, they don't have 10,000 four and five star reviews you know you go and yeah. read them you're like okay this is bots like yeah. this is clearly bots and and taking yeah, that no, vitamin it's... c example it goes even further it's like that's not the form that vitamin c even exists in nature there's none of the bioflavonols there's none of the other constituents it's the shell of vitamin c and i i understand like i i take ascorbic acid in certain circumstances and i've done megadosing protocols and and all of that but I don't delude myself into thinking that that is the natural form of vitamin C, even though we're calling it the same thing. Yeah, no, no, it's, 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 it, yeah, there's, so there's a lot of challenge. If you're out there looking at a supplement and, and let's be real, you're putting these in your body, you know, make sure that you've done the research. Our products are available on Amazon, right? So I'm not saying don't go to Amazon and buy, mm -hmm. but don't use Amazon as the so source that convinces you this is even a healthy product. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you just brought up the example of ascorbic. Yeah, I got my vitamin C. They told me to take vitamin C. They didn't talk about bioavailability. They didn't talk about any of the constituents that should be consumed with vitamin C. But I went on Amazon and there's, you know, 10,000 five star reviews. So this is the stuff. That's not a good strategy. They, right? they didn't talk about the fact that most ascorbic acid that's called vitamin C is made from GMO corn. Yeah. Anyway, we're not, we're not we don't want to make this about vitamin C, but <laughs> just had to just had to pull our pants down and take a little shit on on, on the, this, the, the, that, some of these aspects of the of the supplement industry because yeah, words words are tricky and 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 they you know they carry a lot of uh, assumptions with them that when you dig a little bit deeper, you're like you know wait a tick. Well, um, well, let me, so let me talk how what a what a weird world I, I I ended up in, and this is you know at, at some point in here I would have said you know hell no to the supplement industry, mm -hmm. which was in in 2012 they published this study where the test subjects, the first off the test subjects lived 90 percent longer than the control group, and mm -hmm. and we actually provided the material, so it was our ESS60 that went to the researchers out of the University of Paris. Mm, um, all right. We're mentioned in that paper, right? So my lab is mentioned in that paper. We are the foundation of this industry. There, there is no debate about that. So you guys are the ones getting swagger jacked by all these bathtub gin companies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in, in reality, that's us. <laughs> and so Thank it's, me one later. Reasons, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons I created the demarcation of yeah, ESS-60 yeah. versus C60, right? right? So I come on a show like you and I ju we just talk about C60 and don't create some sort of demarcation. They go out onto Amazon and they, you know, just pick up a product, which yeah. is not a good strategy. I'm really working hard um, to do things differently than, than my impression of supplement companies. So test subjects lived 90% longer. Uh, none of them died with any tumors. That's an important piece. They actually did a carbon tetrachloride, which is a, a, an oxidative poison. Uh, only the, the test subjects that were given ESS 60 were able to recover from that poisoning. Um, these were all pieces of this they one killed all the olive oil and, and water rats. Yes. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's genocide. How many, yeah, how many rats it, were it, in this it's, it's bad, <laughs> right? I mean, there, I, I know there's a lot of um, of concern about animal testing. The reality is, is we we have to do animal testing if we're looking at toxicity studies. We just, yeah, we I mean, I'm not there's signing no up other for it. Uh, 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 option. <laughs> 
Now, what I would agree with most people, and I think this is where we're at, is like, we don't need to be sticking eyeliner on rabbits, right? Like, yeah. this is, you know, stick, give it, give some to people if they have a reaction, like, good. We don't need to be testing kind of superficial stuff on rats and, and, and potential torturous stuff on, on any sort of animal. And, yeah, and some I, of I it gets a little dark. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a difficult line to draw, though. Yeah, it yeah. is, for, yeah. for sure. So this amazing study came out in, in mid-2012. Mid-2013, we started getting phone calls, and it was people saying, hey, how, how much in a dose of this stuff? And you've got to kind of take a, take a step back and realize, I've been selling this soccer ball-shaped molecule to research institutions around the world to put in inks, batteries, tires, and photocells. And mm-hmm. so I'm on the phone with them going, wait a minute, let me, let, me, let me process your question. You're asking me how much of this stuff that goes into inks, batteries, tires, and photocells should you consume? And you had Let's, not consumed it yourself at this point? I had not consumed it at that point, no. Okay. I'd, we actually put not, the answer is zero at that point, right? Mm-hmm. The literature, let's be clear, the literature was very concrete that it was safe. But we're slow-moving carbon nanomaterial scientists. I'm not in this biohacking, like, you know, those rats live longer, get it in my body as quickly as possible. Like, that was not our mindset at the time. Right. By the way, now it's a lot more my mindset. <laughs> um, but, but at the time, we actually added not for human consumption to our labeling. So if mm-hmm. you look back, started the company in 1991. From 1991 all the way to the mid-2013, we do not have not for human consumption on our labeling on our product in mid 2013 we put it on all of our products because people wanted to start consuming it because they were because they're starting to consume it now the product was available if you want to do this test on your rat that's fine it it's actually a long mixing process so like here's here it is let's make it easy um from 2013 till about 2017 we would get two one to two calls a week and those calls would go something like, hey, uh, I just got some questions about dosing again, right? Um, it's, it's, you know, my knee pain is gone, my hair is growing faster, whatever the testimonial was. And, and we would go, wait a minute, you mean the knee pain of your rat is gone, right? Because it literally says not for human consumption on the labeling. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's right. And so if I weighed, you know, 300 pounds, how much should I take versus somebody who weighs 100 pounds? And so... We were getting one to two calls a week from mid-2013 until 2017. My business partner and I would get together about every quarter, uh, maybe every six months, like, okay, so we're still getting like these crazy testimonials that we don't know what to do with. Um, it's still on the market and people are, are clearly making an interesting decision. Um, what do we want to do with it? In that time, I found I wonder a if these people knew how it was made. Yeah, no, they're yeah, just exactly. like, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Inks, batteries, tires, and photocells didn't scare them off to begin with, right? Yeah, so, like, gosh, you, we're, back, we're back a then funny you creature. get on our, and this was just our lab. So, you get on our website and, like, what is this good for? Inks, batteries, tires, photocells. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, I need some. How much should I be consuming? Um, I found a peer reviewed published paper. This is probably about 2015. Uh, as my business partner are debating about this. And at this point, I had, I had tried some, right? Didn't really notice anything. I took like one bottle over, over the course of a month. Didn't really notice anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this paper that said 50% of the supplements that are on the market don't have in them what they said they had in them, mm-hmm. right? And this was 
almost like the nail in the coffin. Like, this is not the industry I want to be in, right? Mm -hmm. I'm currently in the carbon nanomaterial sales business where people order, you know, if, if there's a research institution you've ever heard of, if they've worked with fullerenes, they probably brought, bought it from my lab, right? Mm -hmm. We started in 91. Um, we're, we're actually the first company that still exists to be in business doing this, right? Mm -hmm. So the, there, there was one company that beat us, uh, but they didn't make it nine months. When I sell that product to a researcher, the first thing he does is give it to a grad student, give it to a research association, uh, associate to go put in an HPLC and confirm that I shipped them what I sold them. Mm -hmm. That is, as we just described with our Amazon scenario, that is the opposite of what happens in the supplement market. Yeah. So that paper, really, it was until the latter part of 2017, a guy with a, with a big YouTube following started talking about all the benefits he was taking, taking, getting, taking the product on a daily basis. And our phone went from like two times a week to 10 times a day, right? Mm -hmm. So now my business partner are like, okay, well, this is a different scenario, right? Yes, we're carbon nanomaterial scientists. We've, we've gotten, I don't know, four years at this point of positive testimonials about this product. The data, as, as more and more research papers come out, um, as long as it's been, it's been processed properly, it's having positive impacts on different systems and different types of animals. Like this is something that we have to kind of take seriously. Uh, we really asked ourselves two questions. The first is a moral question. Are we comfortable selling it? I take it. My wife takes it. Everybody on our team takes it. By the way, that's not a requirement to work with us. You don't have to take it. <laughs> so yes, I'm comfortable selling it. Me and my partner are comfortable selling it. Uh, and the next one was really the legal, like the FDA and the FTC aspect of it got across the T's, dot the I's. And, uh, and so it was really uh, in 2018 that we started presenting this um, to the public, talking about the research, you know, making the proper FDA disclaimers and, and saying, hey, we're going to share some anecdotes. It's best just to assume this won't happen for you. Like that's just best to assume that, but we're going to share these anecdotes. And if you are interested in it, you look at the research and you're interested in it, it's available and, and you can get it from us. And we have, you know, seven, our, our customer service team has 755 star reviews. So, um, you know, they're, they're good. They can answer the questions and they can um, do, do a great job. Yeah. So, so this, this study that was done, it was what, 2012, that was the, the longevity study that, that kind of shook things up. Yes. Has, have, have there been longevity studies? Has that been replicated? It has not. And in fact, this is kind of an interesting story. The, the lead researcher on that original paper out of the University of Paris is a Dr. Fathi Moussa. Um, it was, so we were already going down. This is another reason I kind of didn't want to be in the supplement industry is because I don't think the supplement industry tends to do the right thing. We need research. We need to understand that, yes, we got all these amazing testimonials, but what's driving it? And we can talk about pro probable causes here uh, in a little bit, but but what's driving it? And, and you got to do the research to figure it out. So we had already started the very traditional um, um, sanctioned studies and, and you start with toxicity studies so we can move in the direction of recreating that original study, right? Because mm -hmm. that's how the scientific process is supposed to work. Somebody has a theory, ironically, in this case, the theory was that it was toxic. Somebody gets a result. In this case, the rats live 90% longer. And then another organization has to do the same study right. so that they can, they can replicate those details or it can be disproven. 
Dr. Fathi Musa, this was probably about nine months ago, published just a, a short note uh, in a publication saying, listen, it's been more than 10 years since we got this amazing result. Nobody has come out and done any kind of sanctioned toxicity studies and nobody's recreated this. Like we really need to get this sorted out because this has the potential to be pretty amazing. And we reached out to him because we had already done two of the toxicity studies that are really in line to go ahead and start this study again. And we're like, hey, would you, we got these results. Would you like to co-publish this, a paper uh, and get these results out there? Literally answering his question, we had already answered his question. We just hadn't had the publication out there. Um, we just submitted that to science.org, Science Magazine, the illustrious you know, scientific magazine uh, publication today. Like that just went into science.org today. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, it seems like you guys have the most incentive to replicate that study. Yes. And I would, I mean, it's rats. So how, how, do you know how long that 2012 study went, went on for? Yeah, so I'd love to give uh, um, kudos to the research team because a typical Wistar rat, and I'll, also, I'll throw in uh, kind of a short conversation about tumors, but a typical Wistar rat lives about 32 months and has a known amount of tumors in their body. So the longer they live, the more tumor mass they have in their body. Mm -hmm. Even though the My Vital C rats lived out to 62 months, again, 90% longer, none of them had any tumor mass in their body. So that's, that's a pretty significant result, right? Um, so the study at 32 months, that's the average, all of the water rats, the control rats were dead. If there's anything that is ever true, if the rats that are getting the so-called, the presumed toxic material are all alive and all of your control group, that group given water are all dead, you in fact emphatically know it's not toxic, right? So they could have easily finished their study at 32 months, but they, they decided to continue to do the animal husbandry necessary to get them out to 62 months, right? Again, 90% longer. So uh, kudos to them. So you're talking 62 months was is the it, last yeah, study. Yeah, this is like five years, over five yes. years they did this? Yeah. So did that study start in like 2007? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk um, mechanism here, because like we we all when we're talking about carbon, I'm sure people think carbon based life forms and, and you know, maybe their head goes to, OK, you mentioned graphite and, and, and then we know carbons in coal and we know carbons in diamonds, you know, in, in different forms based on the purity and, and, and this and that um, you showed us the soccer ball shape of this of this molecule, this ESS yep. 60 molecule. Um, and it seems like the, the main pathway here on some level is antioxidant free radical scavenging, binding yes. to or mopping up or clearing out some sort some source of oxidative stress in the body, in the mitochondria um, that over time could accelerate aging, could lead to uh, the growth of, of cancer cells. Can you explain um, and and please correct any inaccurate assumptions that I made. No, that that's all actually really really good. Um, let's start first with you know the medical community and 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 some of this is, is certainly up for debate. This is wonderful because that's how science works. It's it's all debatable. We have mm -hmm. we do have a consensus, um, but it's still up for debate. And I and I think that's that challenges a lot of people. Um, but ideas should be challenged. That's what that's fundamentally what I believe. Um, so 
a lot of the medical community looks at aging. So the first question is, why did these rats live, live longer, right? Why did they live 90% longer? A lot of the medical community looks at oxidation as, as, a, a, as a potential uh, cause of aging and inflammation as a potential cause of aging and really kind of throw those together. Again, these, which, some which of these doesn't are, really get to the root cause of either of those, but yes, right. I, I see what you're saying. Right. And in our case, we know uh, that we check both of those boxes. So I'm going to talk about oxidation, a little bit about inflammation, the way I can talk about it. Um, and then I'm going to come back to oxidation. oxidation. So there's an ad hoc study out on the web that shows uh, the ESS60 molecule to be 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. There's peer-reviewed published paper that shows it to be 125 times more powerful than vitamin C. So definitely in the kind of global uh, antioxidant, we can tick that box. In terms of anti-inflammatory, um, what we're allowed to say, what the FDA allows us to say is that we address inflammation at least as it relates to exercise-induced inflammation, right? Mm -hmm. So we've all had a, a tough workout or maybe even just walked longer someday and, and woken up and felt that inflammation. We can say that our product helps address that. Uh, what the FDA doesn't allow us to say, and, and just not yet, we need more research, it's the, right, it's the right approach, is that we address any other type of inflammation. Uh, I wrap this up with, hey, our product fits perfectly in an anti-inflammatory diet. Like that's the diet uh, associated with blue zone people. Those are people who tend to live longer, tend to have reduced incidences of stroke, tend to have reduced incidences of heart attack. Yes, we fit in that kind of diet. So we really check, check those two boxes. Now, you actually said something that, that is awesome. You mentioned mitochondria, and that fits in with what we call the BOSS theory buffering oxidative stress system. So it's not just an antioxidant. It works a little bit different is the current theory. We do know from peer-reviewed published research that this molecule, this ESS60 molecule, does get into the mitochondria. So it's resident there. We also know even back in the 90s when this was first discovered that it can hold up to six electrons, six negatively charged particles. Now, a little kind of refresher, your audience probably knows this, but the mitochondria is the powerhouse of every cell. Every cell, except for your blood cells, has about between 50 and 5,000 mitochondria in it, and their job is to basically take the food that we've processed and pushed into our blood system, take that energy, turn it into ATP, that's the energy source that the cells use. Like any energy production process, there's some negative species that come out of this. You imagine your car going down the road, you got exhaust. You got to imagine a, a, a big power plant manufacturing, they got that big smokestack with lots of scrubbers in it, right? There usually is negative byproducts. In the, in the case of mitochondria, it's reactive oxygen species. These are the things that do the oxidative damage that you tend to be taking ox, uh, antioxidants for. In the mitochondria, there's two key antioxidants glutathione and melatonin. Interesting melatonin, the sleep hormone, because uh, we'll come back to that. That's one of our most consistent testimonials is a positive impact on sleep. Hmm. So you got glutathione and melatonin in here. We also know that different parts of our body, and in fact, different mitochondria and different cells could get depleted of, of, mito, of um, glutathione or melatonin. In that case, we believe that this, the presence of the ESS60 molecule acts like a paddy wagon. So imagine Bourbon Street, right? It's the end of the night. You got your reactive oxygen. I've, I've been in one. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to imagine. 
Oh, <laughs> Tokyo, two thousand nine. <laughs> anyway, we'll continue. never forget that time. Yeah. <laughs> and please don't associate that experience with this molecule. <laughs> What's up, guys? Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up and I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. So you've got these, you know, drunken bourbon street guys breaking windows. That's the that's the reactive oxygen species. And and the the police, the glutathione and melatonin come in, they handcuff themselves to them and get them out of, you know, off of bourbon street. Well, when they're depleted, this works as a paddy wagon where those drunken people, there's nobody to manage them, but it actually holds on to them, reversibly holds on to them. So when that mitochondria is able to replenish that glutathione or that melatonin, then they can bond to those reactive oxygen species and get them out of the body. And that is, that is kind of the current theory. Now, what's, what's nice about that theory is from the beginning, as hard as it is to manage, like as a scientist, I've been getting testimonials since 2014, probably. And I, I, as a as a person, like if it's like you, Anthony, you're telling me something I'm like, yeah, I believe you, right? As a human to a human, I believe this is happening to you. As a scientist, I don't know what to do with that, right? Like it's anecdotal. And we're kind of told to just dismiss anecdotes, which I don't think is the exact correct approach. But, right. you know, what do I do with these? I've received them for so long, these testimonials, and, and they're really head-to-toe testimonials. I've been kind of trying to figure out what's the cause. And mm -hmm. my first thing was, well, our most consistent testimonial is really people take the product in the morning, they report mental focus and energy during the day, and then better sleep that night. If you're just getting better, if that's all it did was help with sleep, that's we all know that good sleep is is good for your mental, physical, and emotional well-being. So that could explain head-to-toe results. Mm -hmm. um, but now you throw in this boss theory where it's actually in the powerhouse of every cell. So operating at a subcellular level, this starts to make sense why we have testimonials from head to toe. It's it's interesting in a lot of different ways, especially because part of the um the challenge with many antioxidants is that they're too big to get into the, uh, you know, in, into the mitochondrial membrane and yep. affect the mitochondria. So one of the reasons that molecular hydrogen, for example, has gained such popularity is because of its tiny size and, and its ability to get into the cells and, and scavenge free radicals that would otherwise be deleterious to the mitochondria. Yeah. So what you're saying is that 
this C60 molecule is quite small like yes. c- compared to say a CoQ10. Yes. It's literally only 60 atoms, right? So so it's it's a nano antioxidant. Okay, so that's interesting. Um I'm I'm also curious. Um, are you familiar with any of the work of uh, Dr. Isaac Ilias? I'm not. Um, so he wrote a book called The Survival Paradox, and he specifically talks about galactin three. Um, does that ring a bell at all? Galactin with a G. Galactin three. G A L E C T I N. It's it's basically it's a protein. It's a carbohydrate binding lectin that it, it gets secreted by macrophages and it's best known for its regulatory functions in inflammation, immunity, and cancer. Um, what Dr. Ilias has, has done is he's connected this galactin-3 molecule and specifically high levels of it to cancer, inflammation, pain, and accelerated aging. Um, and, and then more specifically, the, the the relevant application of modified citrus pectin um, and uh, a, a, a form of um, apheresis, like cleaning the blood, to mm-hmm. remove galactin-3 and a subsequent improvement in symptoms, decreased inflammation, decreased uh, risk of cancer and accelerated aging. I'd be very, I mean, as, as we're looking for mechanisms here, I'd be very interested because you can measure galactin three levels in the body. If I were you guys, that would be that would be one of the trials that I would be doing, or at least one of the things I would be measuring during these trials, because it's very possible that what you have here is a nanomolecule that is binding to galactin three and clearing that and then subsequently improving mitochondrial function, improving, um, you know, everything that is impaired by rampant inflammation in the body. And, and then and then you have the added benefit of its small size and being able to get places that other antioxidants can't get. So yeah. anyway, they just, it just came to mind that, that that could be something worth exploring and, and a potential mechanism that's at play here. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll dig into that. Cause that, it, that sounds, I mean, it sounds right up as, as a possibility of what the mechanism is. Right. Yeah. Um, and galactin is actually a, a lectin, right? I don't know if you follow yeah. Dr. Gundry. Um, mm-hmm. I know some of what he says is pretty controversial, uh, but really he's talking about lectins being things that cause inflammation, things that plants use, the chemical defense yeah. system that plants use. And I feel like there's a lot of logic. At a, at a, at a bare minimum, there's a lot of logic in uh, the arguments he puts forth against uh, lectins. And now you're mentioning one that has, you know, yeah. a, a lot I, of research on its deleterious. I, I, I think he's he's off on mechanism. And, and and a lot of times, you know, what we see is when someone has a tremendous amount of digestive issues and overgrowth, whether they're parasitic, fungal, bacterial, you know, it, it comes with uh, a, a leaky gut and um, a, a lot of these these um, lipopolysaccharides getting into the blood and people become reactive to a whole bunch of different foods, including plants. Mm. But I don't think the plants are to blame. I think we have a lot of other things that are to blame. And it's very possible that some of these, these lectins are actually endogenously produced perhaps in the form of galactin three and Gundry's blaming plants. Cause we're going to get to a point where, all people are doing is like eating meat one meal a day. And I can tell you from the, the, a lot of the clients I work with, that doesn't go well. 
You know, it, it, it gets to a, it gets to a point where, you know, a, a number of blood markers are way off. And as soon as you look at a carbohydrate, you're you're inflamed and bloated. And um, so I, I think we do need to correct course and we do need to get our, our mechanism straight. And I got a ton of respect for for Dr. Gundry. And, you know, he may be right. I just don't think so. Well, I think I think one of the things that is true, right? Like, so you kind of uh, I, I read Carnivore Code and it's like, wow, even that there's a lot of logic that's going on here. There's a lot mm -hmm. of things to, uh, you know, references to papers and it makes sense. And then I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff that says that's not really the right path. Right. You just mm -hmm. kind of m mentioned that. Um, I think what any one of these things does, whether you're keto or whatever you're doing, is you're getting off of processed foods. Mm -hmm. And if you just do that, even if you're if relatively speaking, your diet is garbage, a garbage clean diet, like a processed food, clean diet is significantly better than really anything that you're doing that has processed foods in it. Yes. Yes. And I'll, I'll add this one thing. And this is kind of how I explain it to a lot of our guys that, you know, they go on carnivore and they feel great for three to six months. And then they're usually like, bro, I need help think about this. If you're, if you're a strict carnivore, one meal a day, intermittent fasting, all of that, it's, it's near impossible, especially if you travel and like leave your house oh, yeah. and go to events for you to be getting grass fed meat all the time. It's, it's, it's almost impossible, which means you're eating factory farmed meat. What do factory farmed cows eat? What is Corn their diet? And soy. Corn, soy, wheat, all GMO, all loaded with glyphosate. You're not getting any fiber What's that glyphosate doing inside your gut? It's killing the good bacteria and it, it sets up a cast like it, it sets up a terrible cascade for gut health, parasitic and, and bacterial and fungal overgrowths, uh, lipid dysregulation. Uh, uh, I, I just don't see that path being sustainable or a good choice for a lot of people. But I, I digress. I'm just mentioning that for our listeners because, you know, it's not talked about, but the 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 glyphosate and herbicides get concentrated in the fat of these animals that unless you're like a, a hermit you're going to be consuming those on that yeah. diet and you have no fiber to help clear it out of your body and we've we've got guys that I've worked with for years that did that and they're like they're they're crapping out tons of parasites lots mm. of lots of lipid dysregulation especially if you throw in like the apoe genotype if, if you've got one copy of e4 or two copies of e4 where you know we're, it, it's, it's just a problem for i don't know anyway i i don't want to digress too much yeah and, and course, I, I think just to kind of circle back like that benefit that they feel for some period of time is just born out of getting off of like having control of what they're actually consuming yes Right. Yeah. And if they're at home and they are actually getting grass fed beef, then then that's getting off of these processed foods. And and that's kind of what I've said. Yeah, they're they're all good for some period. Of, like all of them are probably good for some period of time. But where do you where do you ultimately find the balance? What is it, that? It sort, it sort of delays healing, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, OK, cool. So so a lot of different possible pathways here for how this is this is working. Um I mean, have you guys done any other tests or seen 
biomarkers improve like you know there's there there are oxidative stress analyses like true true health labs has an oxidative stress test where they're measuring lipid peroxides and glutathione and superoxide dismutase and total antioxidant capacity have you guys been measuring any of that have there been have there been has there been citizen science where people are seeing different things or is it mostly i've been taking it i've seen improvements in energy and focus and sleep and 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 that's kind of where things are at this point well, so so th- those are great questions, and and we'll do those anytime. Somebody, I forget, I was talking with somebody um, last week. It was like I I I collect data on himself, right? And there's actually clinical data. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you products, like because I, I want more data. We started. I don't know if you you're. I'm sure you're familiar with Aura Ring. I don't know if you use mm-hmm. an Aura Ring. Um, we started. This was pre-pandemic. We started. Uh, working with uh, Professor Benjamin Smarr. Uh, he's out of the University of California, San Diego, and he is a consultant or was a consultant. I haven't had a conversation with him for a while it, with Aura Ring. And I'm like, our most consistent testimonial is better sleep. Aura Ring is like a great, like, this is mm-hmm. great data. Um, that whole project, not the whole project, the, the a key piece of that project got sidelined because the Aura Ring was pretty good at identifying COVID. Right. If you had pre-data of what your temperature was, it's really good at not a not precise temperature, but delta temperature. Mm-hmm. Then it would notice that your that your temperature is elevated. And so uh, I think the NBA even authorized you know players to wear it for that particular reason. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so he j- he just basically disappeared, and I've had minimal contact with him, which One is good for that- which is good for diagnostics, not good for tyranny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you become aware. Yeah. The ring doesn't care. So um, so I, I ended up continuing the piece of the study. And what he and I had put together was, hey, let's collect data from people who've never tried my vital C, 10 days of data. And that's like, how did you sleep? How quickly did you fall asleep? How did you feel in the morning? Like is kind of four questions that cover sleep. Um, 10 days on the data, I, I mean, on the product. 10 days back off the product and 10 days back on the product. We've got about 25 people who have gone through that. And the data is 100% everyone sees or reports uh, improvements while they're on the product, right? So so that is one of kind of, you kind of mentioned uh, as maybe social experiment or, or something along those lines. That is something that we've got through. Uh, we're doing this. And how much, are, how much are they taking? Uh, they're taking one teaspoon. One teaspoon a day in the morning, empty stomach. Yes, that is uh, not all of them follow the protocol. I don't know if you know this, but people are challenging. (laughs) They they like to do their own thing. Um, We tend to recommend that people take it in the morning. Uh, Some small percentage say if they take it later in the day, it'll keep them up at night. Mm. Uh, That doesn't happen for me, but I'm also the guy who could drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep. Like I am Mm -hmm. aware that it affects my sleep but I do go to sleep. Like I am mm-hmm. asleep. So yeah. uh, I'm not a good example. So we tend to recommend it in the morning. And speaking about dosing, I think this will be interesting because you talked about your audience. Some are are going to fit more in this next category. Uh, one of our, a big proponent of ours, his name is Anthony Kunkel. He's a two-time U.S. ultra running champion. Uh, so he won a U.S. championship at 50 miles and then at 100K, which is 62 miles. He's a an inter- super interesting guy. Yeah. And the first time I had a conversation with him, he was like, listen, I was taking one serving. So one teaspoon didn't really notice anything. And then I decided to triple it. And wow, his quote was, wow. 
Um, and so he three, went on to three say, teaspoons. listen, say that again. Three teaspoons. Yes, sir. Three, three teaspoons. He said, the, what I noticed and, and really what my opinion of my vital C is, is that it doesn't help with exercise recovery. It prevents damage in the first place. And the mm. reason he says that is because in the last five miles of a 50 mile run, by the way, that's a phrase you don't hear very often, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, where strength and stability were previously a problem, they're just not a problem anymore. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of the extreme side of things of people reporting benefits. You know, that's sometimes he's clocking 120 miles a week. Um, it's insane. It's, My he's an amazing, amazing shatter. Athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not. So, so I mean, does that fall into delayed onset of fatigue or, or how would so you categorize he, that? It's, it's he's just... extremely analytical, right? So he's, he, he literally sent me an email. I think it's probably a blog post on my website where he's saying, I was concerned that my vital C what might be acting as a crutch as I'm taking it mm -hmm. and my body might be dependent on it. So I'm concerned about, so he cycles on and off. He tends to early in the cycle when he's really focused on weight management he'll take MCT. So we have an MCT, we've got olive oil, avocado oil, and MCT. Uh, that, that's the same decreasing order of the concentration of ESS-60. So you can get about 0.8 milligrams in olive oil, about 0.6 in avocado oil, and about 0.3 in MCT. So he'll take our MCT product in the early stages where he's just kind of managing weight, slowly ramping up, and then he's up to, I, you know, I assume three teaspoons uh, or about a tablespoon, although I have seen him on Instagram swigging from the bottle. So uh, that's that's where he ramps up to for for an actual competition. Interesting. OK. And um, I mean, I think, too, there's some of what what people are managing these days, especially with, you know, realistically, we've seen a huge increase in wireless electrical radiation mm, with yep. with, you know, five everybody knows the letter of the alphabet that comes next that gets, <laughs> gets you, you censored. Um, and what, what I think is happening on a macro level is our body needs help scavenging this additional oxidative stress that could come through various forms, but chemical, electrical, uh, um, emotional, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, and if, if ESS 60 is a tool for doing that, that, you know, that's, that's interesting, especially alongside something like molecular hydrogen. Um, the, just to kind of, before we close the loop on the aura ring and sleep studies, now were, were people seeing improvements? You mentioned there was a subjective component. Um, did you guys notice anything in particular differentiating between deep sleep and REM sleep or anything like that? Or, or, or was it more just something they felt in with, with, you know, daytime alertness and that sort of thing. Yeah, it was, it was subjective. Um, the, the reality, and when I was talking with Benjamin, um, the professor at UC Berkeley, I mean, sorry, UC San Diego, he, he kind of admitted that the data for deep sleep on, you can compare whoop and, and aura ring and they're different, but if you combine the deep sleep, um, I think it's deep sleep and, and the, the sleep just under that, uh, which are they called REM sleep, right? If you combine those, they tend to match really well. They're deem what they're trying to do is identify which one's deep, which one's REM with without the data you need. You actually need kind of brainwave data to determine that difference. So mm -hmm. no, we didn't really notice a difference. We didn't, I didn't even look at that data because I, I just felt that that data is unreliable. 
Right. Yeah. And, and and I've had personal experiences. You asked if I use the aura ring. I, I have one. I haven't used it recently. I usually do if if I'm if I'm really digging into sleep. But I had a number of experiences where I'd go camping, let's say, and I was sleeping, you know, I, I would all natural light campfires. I'd be sleeping on the ground. And even though I'd wake up a lot throughout the night because of noises and that sort of thing, I'd have to go put a log in the, in the, the tent stove to keep the, the tent warm. Yeah. I would think that I would be exhausted the next day. My sleep score would be quite poor because of the number of, of times I woke up, but I'd feel great, you know? Yeah. And, and so I was like, all right, there's clearly more at play here than is able to be tracked through the ring and the app at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is, is if, if, if one of our listeners does have the aura ring and they're taking C60, they might not see an improvement in their sleep score or in deep sleep or REM sleep, but they would likely subjectively feel an improvement in energy and mental clarity the next day or how well they, they slept throughout the night. Yeah. And Anthony, I think you and I are probably in, in a very similar boat where I, I don't like to lean on subjective stuff. Like I'm, I'm just a scientist by nature. Subjective is, is subjective. I, I think it has relevance and we can get yes. to a point where if all we do is trust studies, then we're, we're tuning out from our intuition and a lot of powerful anecdotal cases that, that can help us progress as a species too. So I, I think there's a balance there. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not just like, it has to be double blind placebo controlled for it to be real. If I've got a hundred people that are telling me they're experiencing an improvement from something, I'm going to look into that and we'll have conversations like you and I are having to figure out the mechanism and, and look more closely at in, in some of these nuanced areas. One of the testimonials that I like about sleep, which is, is just very, very binary, right? Um, I've got a business coach. Uh, he describes it as he needed an alarm clock for 50 years. When he started taking my vital C, he wakes up before the alarm clock. When mm -hmm. he gets off the product for a couple of days, it's usually right about three or four days. Then he starts waking up with the alarm clock again. Mm. Um, and that's very, again, binary. It's not like, oh, I feel better. Or I don't feel like I'm literally waking up before the alarm clock or I'm waking up with the alarm clock, you know, when I'm mm -hmm. on or off the product. Okay, cool. And then what do you, you mentioned melatonin. What do you think's going on there with, with melatonin? Because I, I think kind of tying that into, we've, we've got a big, this, this oxidative stress and these cortisol spikes from our devices, you know, just for, for our listeners that haven't made the connection. Like if you go, we all remember 3G, right? Everyone, everyone can, can, can remember far enough back. Um, one hour on your phone with, if it's a 5G phone is equivalent to you being on your 3G phone for like a hundred hours you know, wow, for like yeah. days straight, each time you go up, there's a 10 X increase in power output approximately, you know, it's not, it's not perfect. And, and with that, we're seeing much higher cortisol spikes, cortisol and melatonin are inversely related. Mm -hmm. As you spike cortisol throughout the day, you're suppressing melatonin. So what do you think is going on? And what's the connection between ESS 60 and melatonin and how that might be impacting sleep? Well, I really think that it goes back to the boss theory, right? Where, where melatonin is one of the key antioxidants inside of the mitochondria, uh, making sure that, that the energy that mitochondria is producing is clean, right? Mm -hmm. Managing those reactive oxygen species. And if you've got this ESS-60, I kind of hearken it to, I don't, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Phenomenal book. I, I, I love that book. Um, but if you, if you look at, uh, 
is sleep this kind of, and, and we know it's not a linear process where if they can delay sleep and you end up sleep going to sleep later, you actually miss a piece of the healing that happens with you on a regular basis, mm -hmm. right? So if you're out of sync. Uh, my thought process is if you've got ESS-60 there and it's doing a, it, it's helping clean up the oxidative stress that the body's going through, then the sleep can move on to the next task, right? Whatever mm. that next task is. Um, and so that's just kind of my thought process. That's why I kind of mentioned melatonin in the mitochondria, ESS-60 also in the mitochondria. I think it's probably in the mitochondria is where that, where I'm kind of drawing that parallel. Mm -hmm. now, and mitochondria is interesting. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just the sleep hormone. And really it was when I read Dr. Matthew Walker's book where you realize that, that, that um, melatonin is the, is the starting gun telling your body to go to sleep, right? Which is why dosing and timing is so very important. You can imagine if, if it's not your normal sleep schedule and at 1 a.m. you've got this dose of melatonin that's telling your body, hey, it's time to go to sleep, not it's time to be asleep, but it's mm -hmm. time to go to sleep. That's that's detrimental. And people often have groggy experiences if they get the dosing wrong or get the timing wrong. Interesting. You know, just like as we're kind of hashing this out, I'd, I'd also be fascinated. There's a... Um, there's an ATP profiles test that was developed by Dr. John McLaren Howard, and it's used a lot with people that are dealing with chronic fatigue and, and um, chronic health issues. But it gives you a, a mitochondrial energy score and sort of looks at how your ATP production compares to the general population. Um it, it might be an interesting data point to consider too in some of these future studies for you guys where, you know, if, if you can say, hey, look, we're figuring out the mechanisms, but we can show that there's, you know, a 20% improvement in ATP production via this ATP profiles test, you know, that that also seems like a likely possibility here. Yeah, no, I, I'm taking notes. I'll be digging in. You're giving me homework. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is usually a bad thing, you know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. And I, I do think all of us kind of putting our heads together, we sometimes have insights that, you know, that can help um, improve outcomes for everybody. Now, I've seen some stuff online with, and we'll kind of land this plane soon. And I know we've been, we've been rocking here for a while, uh, but I'm, I'm, enjoying the conversation. I hope you're yeah, good. I've got, I've um, got time. So, um, I've seen talk and, and I've like, um, I told you a, a, a buddy and colleague, Sean McCormick had turned me onto your product and I was using it. And also I had, um, I was taking it orally. And then also I had a little bottle that I had in my dob kit and I was putting it on my face and, um, and, and putting it on my scalp. I'd seen some research around carbon 60 and ESS 60 for hair regrowth, um, preventing hair loss and, and even, um, you know, skin hydration and, and the uh, wrinkles and that sort of thing. Can you talk a little bit, is, is that valid? Uh, is that something that you guys are seeing or is that sort of this, this first mover group that's just willing to throw everything in their body and rub it <laughs> on their head and on their face? <laughs> well, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I can tell you, we actually do have a face serum, right? So it's a little nice face serum. And I can, uh, let me tell the story of that and then how it's evolved actually into having a skin kit. And then, then we do have a hair kit. Um, so 
so you, you kind of have a clear picture. I didn't necessarily want to be in the supplement industry. And then one of my business partners, she would actually take a, a drink of the product, right? She would just drink right out of the bottle. And then if there's any extra, she would just, you know, take it off and put it on her skin like you're doing. Mm -hmm. And she got such amazing results that she's like, hey, we need to make a face serum. Again, you can imagine how exciting, excited I was to, to get into the face serum industry. Uh, but I wanted to support her. And really, there was one testimonial that I have from one of my distributors that said, okay, we really do need to do this. And her name's Sarah Banta. And she shared with me, it's a, it's a kind of a funny story. She's like, listen, Chris, and this was back when we didn't have any face serum at all. And she goes, Chris, I have kind of a skin and face serum addiction. I actually have a separate credit card that my husband doesn't know about that, <laughs> <laughs> that allows me to buy skin serums and face serums and lotions. And your product, this or the oral product was, she said, was the best thing that she's ever put on her face. So couple that with the business partner that you want to support, like, okay, so now we got a, we have a face serum on the market. About mm -hmm. the same time, uh, my director of research he came to me and said, listen, I found this molecule. It's got 30 years of research supporting skin and hair improvements. It's a peptide. Uh, you might want to look into it. So I started looking at the data. Yes, 30 years peer-reviewed, published research, improvements in skin and hair. Uh, let's do, let's put this product, let's bring this product to market. And and really, it's a, it's a peptide we call UTH. The thing about peptides is they're water-soluble. And our product is oil soluble, right? ES60 mm -hmm. dissolves in oil. We sell it in oil. And, you know, you could have used an emulsifier. We could have used an emulsifier to put these two together. But I don't like emulsifiers. Like, I, I want to stay as natural as possible. If you just Google emulsifier and, and health, nothing good comes out of that search. Uh, so we ended up making a two-part product where you do one squirt of our uh, Skin Reduo uh, UTH29 is what we call the peptide. And then ESS60, you'd put, put two drops uh, of the activator for every, uh, every squirt. And then we also turned that into, uh, into a hair gel, right? So that's a hair gel and also the hair activator. Um, so we do have those on the market. I would say the skin product, phenomenal. I would say we've got some pretty crazy good testimonials with hair. I continue to put that on. Like I'm, you know, getting older and thinning some. So I'm continuing to put that on. Um, for me, the jury's still out. So that I take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I definitely noticed a difference with with my skin and, you know, would probably need to use longer on on the hair side and 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 isolate the variable to be able to comment there. Um and then any other applications that that you're excited about that we haven't covered here? I mean, we, we've got I mean, for our listeners that 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 are interested and, and want to check out your um, My Vital C product, they can go to myvitalc.com. We've got a biohacks discount code set up to save them some money. They could also go to myvitalc.com forward slash biohacks. Um, any other applications that, that you're excited about or that you guys are exploring that, um, that we haven't discussed? Well, well, really the, uh, papers are coming out almost, it's not every day, uh, weekly, uh, almost weekly in multiple papers a month, just showing benefits in different animal models. And, mm -hmm. and that continues to be exciting. Uh, we're just trying to share whatever research is out there. Uh, if people do go to that, so that's myvitalc.com forward slash biohacks, right? If they go there, 
Um, you want to look at, uh, it, all of our products are available. So if people often ask, Hey, what should I get? Get the olive oil product. It's got the highest concentration of the ESS 60 molecule. Mm -hmm. Just, just to share my typical regimen is in the mornings, uh, I, you know, you know, bulletproof coffee, right? You, you typically for a bulletproof coffee, you're adding purified butter ghee and you're adding MCT instead of just MCT, I add our MCT that has ESS 60 in it. And I do about a teaspoon and a half of that while that's blending. Cause it's water soluble and oil soluble. I have a teaspoon and a half of our olive oil product. And then for lunch, I'm often ha having a salad and I'll put our, uh, avocado product on, on our salad. That's my, uh, my typical regimen. So go there. Um, we actually have all of our products on subscription and the subscription discount is like 25%. Like it's, it's a steep, heavy discount. Take advantage, even if you just want to try it, take advantage of that discount. I mentioned earlier, I have 750 five-star reviews from our customer service department. They're not trained to talk you out of your subscription. You can just fire off an email, give us a call, however you want to do that. Um, but but do take take advantage of that discount. And this, so I'm looking at a study here, um, the, the C60 study that was, it looks like it was published in May of 2020, but that is referring to the 2012 study, actually. Okay, received 2012. It, has there been any other animal or um, any species studies on, on longevity or other pathways that, that have been really exciting and promising besides that, that first one that kind of launched all of this? I know, and this is not published, right, of a respected uh, biology scientist who uh, on, on, a, on a couple podcasts has mentioned that he recreated the study in mice and mm -hmm. got a 91% extension of life, right? So, so, so it, it, I'm, we're going to redo that initial study. We're going to keep pushing the, you know, it's, a, it's at a cost, a significant cost to us, but we're going to keep pushing those forward. Um, mm -hmm. I, we're going to change the protocol from the original study enough that I think we're going to do better than 90%. I think that's, that's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. and just for a point of reference, if the average human lives 90% longer, the average human will live to 152. So, so that's, that's the average, you know, there's a bell curve around that. That's not the, that's not the oldest human. That's the average human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I haven't said this uh, yet in, in the show. Um, the FDA has not evaluated our product. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, and certainly the, the possibility of longevity is, you know, it, it needs more research to really bore that out. But in reality, that study will never be done. There'll be, you know, post-analysis uh, data going, hey, people who happen to take this, they show this profile of, of, of longevity. Uh, it is not going to be the case that we're going to take, you know, 100 people and run them through a 152 year study. <laughs> yeah, there's just too many variables. And, and have you guys considered using any animals or insects with a shorter lifespan? Yeah, there I believe there's some research. I'm trying to think that was probably uh, on other products in like gnats. I think there is a study uh, in in the fruit fly that's a thousand fold, but that's not that's not on C60 or ESS60. Uh, it's a competing, uh, not competing, just a different, different mechanism, different molecule. Um, I know there are different animal models. There are studies that have been done in zebrafish. Um, there's different looking at very specific mechanisms inside of whether it's mice or rats, it's typically in mice or rats. 
Um, but I'm not aware of like a, a larger animal, whether it's a, you know, the next scale up is pig typically, and mm-hmm. then to monkey, I'm not mm-hmm. aware of any of those studies being done yet. I mean, cool. in reality, this original study hasn't even been recreated yet. Like that's, that's the, in the scientific process, that's the next step. Yeah, right, right. I agree. And, and, and I mean, very exciting, very promising. And especially, especially if that can be recreated, then I think, you know, match in the gas tank, boom, boom, yeah. um, in a, in a good way. Yeah. Um, well, fantastic guys. If you're interested, you can go to myvitalc.com forward slash biohacks, or just go to the website and use discount code biohacks. The avocado oil, as Chris mentioned, has the highest concentration of no, ESS olive 60. Oil. Olive you oil. Said, yeah. yeah. You said avocado. The olive I? Oil. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at avocados. The next one down. <laughs> olive oil uh, has the highest concentration at 0.8. Avocado oil is 0.6. And then MC2 oil is 0.3. And um, that that dosage sort of varies from one to three teaspoons per day, depending on, you know, w- what you're going for and how you respond. Um, Chris, really appreciate you coming on. This has been a fun conversation. And I think it's it's clarified a lot around C60 and, and sort of, um, yeah, put in into context a lot of the marketing, like you and I said we wanted to do beforehand, which I appreciate. So thank you for your honesty and transparency, and and thank you for the work that you guys are doing. And um, I think there's a lot of a, a exciting data points to be uncovered in the future. Yeah, no, I'm the yeah, amazing stuff is going to happen. Uh, figuring out this mechanism is going to happen. This kind of has thrust me into this kind of longevity industry, which is just really launching. I, I actually ju- just two weeks ago submitted a book uh, to a publisher, so I've got that in, in the works. That'll be coming out soon. Um, it's a it's an exciting time, not just for ESS sixty, but really for the whole kind of longevity community and and biohackers in general. Yeah. Yeah. And so beyond myvitalc.com um, and and if they wanted to pick up the, the olive oil and discount code biohacks, where can people stay up to date with things you're working on, like your book and, and, and other cool stuff? Yeah, they can. They can. If they just go to the website, uh, they can also follow really my vital C on any of the platforms. Right. So we do have a TikTok channel. We do have a Instagram, Facebook. Um, connect with us there. And and that's where we'll do continue to do announcements. Awesome. Well, thank you, brother. Guys, go to uh, myvitalseed.com, discount code biohacks. If you'd like to uh, put the ESS 60 to the test, the olive oil has the highest concentration, as we mentioned. And uh, Chris Burris, thank you so much for your time, brother. It's been fun. Anthony, thank you so much for having me. This has been great fun. 